0: Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started. And home to great healthcare. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. Stay Brooklyn, stay amazing.
1: Ready to build a place called home? Ulster Savings Bank has money to lend. They've got lots of options from start to finish, like single or two loan closings, timely advanced schedules to keep your project moving, 24 months to complete the process, and payments are interest only while you build. Ulster Savings Bank has provided financing to thousands of homeowners in the Hudson Valley. They offer financing for renovations and other projects too. Dream it, finance it, and build it with Ulster Savings. Visit ulstersavings.com today to download their free construction guide. Ulster Savings, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and MLS number 619306
2: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join
0: broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now it's time to drop some knowledge
2: Welcome in, everybody, to yet another live simulcast here of the Huddle Up podcast. Chad Jensen, Zach Kelberman coming to you live here on both YouTube and Facebook. We love doing these Huddle Up podcast live sessions. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Kind of still uh, reeling from that Broncos loss, as I'm sure you are as well, and
1: kind of uh, sifting through Broncos country's reactions, and it's not much positive to be found, Chad. It's kind of a depressing atmosphere right now in Bronco land.
2: Yeah, it's one of those, you know, where do the where does the team go from here type of situations? It was just I mean, I think a lot of fans could have accepted a loss in the face of the Chiefs game. Yeah. But a debacle on the scale that that was, I mean, players given up in the third quarter, including your quarterback. I mean, it just leaves the the fans with a not just a sour taste in their mouth, but literally at a loss. Like, they don't know. What they're seeing right now—it's so atypical of this franchise. Let's welcome in everybody that's joining us so far, and more people, of course, will sift into the room. But all of our viewers and listeners on both YouTube and Facebook: Blue Cybert, Brian Simmons, it's Dallin Joseph, Ryan, CA Sports, Stewart. What's up, you guys? Um, today we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about some of these trade rumors that are swirling around your Denver Broncos, and especially as they pertain to Emmanuel Sanders and we are going to get to that here in just a second. Just really quick one reminder, you guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. That's the best way for you guys to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the Huddle Up Podcast in real time. Stay plugged in, stay on top of things, and then if you guys like what you hear with the Huddle Up Podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a creative review and a five-star rating. It's a great, easy, organic way to help the show, and then don't forget to Get out on mybookie.ag. Use promo code Overtime. Make some wagers on on the NFL games if it's if that's you know if you're uh, if you fancy that type of thing, and get your first deposit matched 100 percent by using code Overtime.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Brooklyn is everything: home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started, and home to great health care. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing.
2: Maine Kenny here. Oh, whoops. Uh, Kenny Maine here. All right, that one was on me. And
0: hey... For new Caesars Sportsbook app users, your first bet's on Caesars. So if you don't win, you get it wrong, you get up to $1,250 back as a free bet. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app and sign
2: up with the code RADIOFULL.
0: Open to new users who are 21 or older or physically present in New York. If qualifying bet loses, bet amount returned as a credit must use within 14 days. See slash promos for full terms. Gambling problem, call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369.
2: Man, last week's loss on Thursday night was tough, but the Denver Broncos are going to get the chance to redeem themselves this week going on the road to Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Make sure you have your seat in that game ready to go with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or you can look for seats in the section and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, you guys, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. The Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. It's not just Denver Broncos seats. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And you guys, when it's time to buy new users, you have to enter the promo code Overtime at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100, and it also lets you know that we sent you at the Huddle Up Podcast. All right, Zach, we're going to get to what everyone has on their minds here, questions, concerns. Stephen coming in hot already. On Super Chat $30 donation, Steven. Appreciate you are the you, man. Steven. Appreciate Thank you. you. Uh let's uh let's talk first, though, about the report from Adam Schefter that came out over the weekend. And that is that the Denver Broncos are open to quote listening to trade offers for embittered and embattled veteran wide <laughs> receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Now, thing is because he's got as much time in the league as he has. The Broncos, I I used to think that the Broncos were going to be getting a third-round compensatory pick, 2021 third-round pick, once they let him go in free agency in March. However, it was brought to my attention today by Eric Trickle that because of the amount of time he's got in the league, Zach, the best that they can get on the comp market from the NFL is a fifth-round pick. So if the phone rings and you're John Elway and the offer is a third- or a fourth-round pick today for the 2020 draft, that's got to be a trade that you make.
1: If you can get a third round pick for Emmanuel Sanders, 32 years old, coming off a, a tour torn uh, Achilles, you would take that and run. There'd be no second guessing about that. I don't know, though, that they're going to get a day-two pick. I know they're supposedly holding out for that, but I would think uh based on his his lack of production and kind of him being in no-man's land this season, I would say maybe a fourth would be the most optimistic, realistic scenario for the Broncos and Sanders. But it's looking like a foregone conclusion. If they can get any sort of mid-round compensation, maybe a player and a fifth-round pick in return, I think they're going to do it. Among the Broncos' fire sale candidates, Sanders seems like the most... uh Uh, likely to go it seems like it's only a matter of time matter of when not if
2: well not only does he appear to be disgruntled but he's making public overtures throwing his offensive coordinator under the bus now Mm -hmm. I don't think that you and I were able to talk about it immediately following Thursday night's game on the gut reaction episode because I don't think it was brought to my attention anyway till long after that but in the locker room following that debacle of a loss Emmanuel Sanders did throw Rich Scangarello under the bus and sometimes you see nfl players um do such a thing to to a coordinator it's rare and when it happens nfl teams suffice to say they take notice and basically what he says is that the broncos offense you know we need to execute we need to step up you know took the, the the players share of the blame but then also said we need to call better plays and without going into detail that's that's probably not uh not right for us ethical to share at this point there is a gap, let's just say, between Rich Gangarello and Emmanuel Sanders at this stage. And I think the team is recognizing, obviously, he's not in the future plans. He's 32 years old. He's in a contract year. Zach, they need to make some hay while the sun is shining. If the phone rings and it's – even if it's a fifth-round pick, I mean, that's more valuable because it's, it's 2020 than waiting an extra year and going to the comp picks right. uh, for the Broncos. Right, plus
1: you can clear some sort of cap space the other team would be on the hook for uh, whatever proration of his uh, contract and his, and his uh, salary this year. If, like I said if you can do it, uh, you got to do it he's a guy, he didn't just run or, or back up the bus over Scangarello, he put it in reverse and put it in park again. Those were very pointed comments and I think he was expressing the frustration and speaking on behalf of Broncos country, but he's also a guy who knows uh, the writings on the wall, he sees where he's headed. He was probably fortunate to be back this season alone at his current salary, so to last this long coming off that injury I think he knows that uh, Cortland Sutton took him over they have Deshaun Hamilton they have Tim Patrick who might come off uh, the injured list he knows that he has no real future role with this team and uh, he put that post up on Instagram it was a a clock Uh, he knows it's all just a matter
2: of when Stuart, thanks, my friend. We really appreciate you. Appreciate that. you, Stuart. Thank you. Again, we are keeping track of all our great listeners who are donating, contributing on the super chat on YouTube. And we're going to have something special planned for you guys here in the very near future. So appreciate you, Stuart. Um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about other candidates here. There we got some questions here. Who who are the top likely candidates the Broncos will listen to trade offers for? And first, let's get this one out of the way. Vaughn Miller. Okay. Yep. He's not – here's how I see this. Tell me if you disagree, Zach. A, he he is one of those players that does factor into the team's plans beyond 2019, and he's a future ring of fame, future Hall of Fame caliber player, completely 100% homegrown in Denver. Yeah, it's been some lean years. Yeah, it's been some dark years. However, unless he were to throw his weight around, make some kind of a power play on that Broncos front office and try and force his way – out of Denver which I don't see as being that would be atypical of the player we've come to know over the last 9 seasons I don't th- I don't see that as even something really occurring to John Elway and company at this time to trade von Miller
1: no, if it's going to happen like we've been talking about, I think it'll happen in the offseason between the, the salary cap hits and the dead money being left over on his contract. I mean, this is one scenario where unless he literally marched into his office and went Trent Williams on John Elway saying, I'm not playing another down for you ever again, then they might see if they can get sort of a compensation package. If Elway wants a Khalil Mack sort of package, though, it's just not going to happen for Miller coming off the down season. Ultimately, he's not going anywhere, and as much as Broncos fans are going dis- dismayed by Miller's lack of production, uh, it's just one guy who's uh, the team is stuck with, I think, financially for the rest of the season and probably uh, next year, too.
2: Yeah, Jacob, I think that's a sentiment many in Broncos country share right now being relieved that I thought I'd be relieved the Broncos didn't play today. Yep, still am. <laughs> that was just that's how bad that Thursday night loss was. But so, Von Miller, Zach, we scratch him off the list. We move on. We've already touched on Emmanuel Sanders. It wouldn't surprise me. I know the trade deadline's not till the 29th, so nine days from right now. But it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, if he's moved this week, like in the next day mm-hmm. or two, because the outside 31 NFL teams, whichever, you know, fraction of those teams are, would be in the sweepstakes for Sanders, they see what's going on. They're paying close attention. And that re- that phone's going to start ringing if it hasn't already. So Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's probably at the top of the list in terms mm-hmm. of likelihood. Let's talk about Chris Harris Jr. Now the Broncos, he held out this, this past offseason. The Broncos did something that is quite unprecedented on the NFL landscape, and they gave him a raise for a contract year. Usually if a player holds out and he comes back because the team met his demands, it's because they gave him an extension. They gave him a raise in the short term, but also gave him an extension added additional years because that's what's in it for the team. You know, the team, what they get in return for caving to that player's demands is they get that and you assume it's a, a blue chip caliber player who is holding out they get that player for an additional year or two or three years or whatever the term of that extension might be in chris harris's case that didn't happen they added three and a half million dollars to his 2019 salary he returned and he's still in a contract year he hasn't been making the same type of negative comments toward his coaches or towards the franchise in general but you can tell he's unhappy and you and i have both been telling our listeners for six months now that this is probably Chris Harris jr's last year in the orange and blue, but where this team's at depth wise at the cornerback position, do you see the Broncos even knowing at this point that they've probably faced some facts, they've probably come to terms with the reality that they're not competing this year. They still have to field a semi respectable product on the field. (laughs) Do you get rid of Chris Harris jr. If the price is right emphasis on semi I don't think you can though I, losing Bosby and
1: not having Bryce Callahan back there I think that's the whole reason why they even signed Callahan was to take over that slot role and be the younger or you know more upside Chris Harris Jr at a potentially cheaper rate I don't see that happening I think even if he was playing at a higher level you mentioned Chad the depth and you mentioned Elway I don't think he's going to want to just unload all these moving parts because it wouldn't be an indictment on him and he doesn't want to admit that word and that's what it would be is rebuild so if there's one player, I think it'll be Emmanuel Sanders. Chris Harris Jr. is a very distant second to me. Maybe if they got a second round offer for him, I don't see that happening. Knowing he's going to be unsigned next year, uh, I think teams will maybe wait and see if they can get him on the open market. I don't see him being traded, though. Uh,
2: there are there have been rumors that the Philadelphia Eagles could be in on the Chris Harris Jr. sweepstakes. and I mean, that's just one of those situations, flippant booch of John Elway saying, show me the money. You know, what What are you willing to pony up to get a blue-chip corner? Now, in Chris Harris Jr.'s mind, Zach, he sees himself as the best cornerback in the NFL. 2019, the first seven games of this season would beg to differ. However, he still is an upper echelon. I would say, even at worst, he's a top-15 cornerback, and he's just really – you know, Fangio's defense is is speaks for itself, and it stands on its own merit in terms of uh, the, his resume – but it takes time to sink in and it takes time to get the right personnel in place. Look at what happened in Chicago. That bears defense didn't become a number one caliber team uh, or defense until 2019, four years after Fangio arrived and it took all the right personnel pieces on that chessboard moving into place. And so for the Broncos, it's probably going to take some time. Chris Harris, Jr. This late in his career, he doesn't have the time. He doesn't want the time, but he still thinks he's, he's the best in the league. Zach, if the if the Philadelphia Eagles are of a mind to agree, and they're willing to pony up a, a third round pick, I could see the Broncos dishing it. Anything less than that a fourth, a fifth, a sixth no, it, it's not going to happen. I don't think. I think the Broncos would rather hedge their bet, just take whatever comp pick they can get down the road, and know that they at least have one highly competent corner on the field for these remaining games.
1: Yeah, the Eagles are interesting because I'm looking up right now and I see them getting scored on in tonight's game. So they can use some defensive help. They fancy themselves being a contender and they have a very aggressive GM in Howie Roseman. Yeah, if the Broncos are going to unload these players. They're going to go to a contender. I see Emmanuel Sanders, uh, maybe with the Saints or the Ravens, the contending team. Philadelphia makes sense for Chris Harris Jr., but that whole best quarterback in the NFL argument, that was dead the moment Tyreek Hill just torched him
2: on Thursday night. I mean, that just proved he's nowhere near that level. And that's what's, you know, the the crappy, um, you know, the life of a cornerback in the NFL is you can go into a game and play 60 snaps, and 59 of them you can shut down your opponent, but if one of those snaps a guy leaks out or you just get beaten one-on-one like Harris did against Tyreek Hill – that's what people remember, and that's what what unfortunately kind of follows you from a reputation perspective. Because if you go back to that Chiefs game, Harris was playing good. They did limit Tyreek Hill. One splash play, and of course it came at the expense of Chris Harris Jr., completely reshapes the narrative. Now Robert here is asking, could the Broncos get a seventh-round pick for Joe Flacco? Um, No, maybe a breakfast burrito
1: (laughs) a bag of footballs maybe (laughs) Maybe. it's it's
2: not gonna happen um if he wasn't on the books for the amount of money that he is um Maybe you could if a team was really desperate from a quarterback perspective, but (laughs) he's been terrible this year, Zach. Yeah, I mean, even then, if a quarterback
1: desperate team, I would rather lure Mark Sanchez out of retirement than trade a draft pick for Flacco, who literally can't move. I mean, the guy is physically unable to move around, so now they won't get a seventh-round pick. They are stuck with him in every sense uh, for the rest of the season.
2: We don't necessarily need to pile up on or pile on uh, Joe Flacco at this point. Sinji though says, "Yo, Chad, Zach, what's good? I'm so, officially off the making excuse for Flacco train. I know the O line uh, uh, had a horrible day, but some of those sacks could have been avoided. Yes, that's most of those, I would say half of those sacks would have been avoided if you have a top fifteen quarterback or even a marginally mobile and a marginally hungry." quarterback back there Joe Flacco though is none of those things and so you saw eight sacks pile up Um, Kathleen says do you guys think Von Miller is angry and frustrated with the entire Broncos franchise we know he is frustrated with the offense and defense yeah I think I think Von Miller's yeah of course I mean the last four years that he's been on in the tail end of his prime and It's been a complete waste. The Broncos have not made the playoffs since 2015, the year they won the Super Bowl. They're fixing to make it four years in a row. Of course, a future Hall of Fame caliber player is not happy with that. And you can be like the, you know, you can be the most, you can have a a character and a football reputation of the likes of DeMarcus Ware, you know, impeccable reputation. He's going to be unhappy and Von Miller, no different.
1: Yeah, you know he carried this team the last couple seasons and he wasted his prime like you said and he heard the little ribbing from Fangio all off season and I think that ticked him off enough. But then the Broncos coming out and going through that losing streak and and him realizing that what most fans realize is that they're a ways away from contending. I don't necessarily blame Vaughn. I mean, I would like to see him perform better on the field, maybe look a little less apathetic, but I don't blame the guy. He's been put up with with crap after crap since the Super Bowl, and he's been the only shining star on this team, and it just wears you down after a while. The DeMarcus wear point's great because it doesn't matter how high character you are, what you've been through, what you've accomplished, you're still a person, and having that chip away at you for year in and year out, it just gets
2: old after a while appreciate the donation drop your pocket he says keep up the good work I think Miller needs to be traded a hot take but I don't think he's elite and this team takes on a lot of his personality which isn't much fire there and you know a year ago that wasn't that was a a atypical take from a Broncos fan it's increasingly building up steam I'm not saying it's anywhere close to being a majority take in the fan base Zach but I'm seeing a lot more comments on social media from fans that are Fed up, kind of with with Vaughn. I mean, what is he? He's seven games in, two and a half sacks. Obviously, the fit in Fangio's scheme has not been there, and I don't know if it's because Vaughn hasn't bought in, if he hasn't embraced it, or just be, or if it's simply a matter of Fangio is not putting Vaughn in the best position to succeed. But Zach, there's no getting around the fact that it's been really slow going. They, you know, John Elway talked about great players need to play great, which is why he has no problem with when Vic Fangio says something critical of Von Miller publicly, and I've, I've maintained that the addition to that sentence is great players need to play great in big moments, and Vaughn just hasn't really come through this year in any of the key, crucial, big moments this team has found themselves in.
1: Yeah, even when he had Bradley Chubb, even when this Broncos defense was close to full strength, it wasn't the same Vaughn. And we said at the last podcast where now if Vaughn gets a sack or gets near the quarterback, it's weird to see. It's surprising to see. Uh, He's just not himself this year. And I think the trickle-down effect from the losing and and Vic Fangio's uh, personality difference there just took a toll on him. So we'll have to see what happens and
2: how that plays out. Jordan Johnson coming in off the top rope with a donation on Super Chat. Jordan. Thank you. Also sporting a very handsome hat, if I don't say so myself. Um, Appreciate you, brother. Let's see here. What else we got on people's minds? Here's Buona Beast. Let's see what he says here. McGovern, Connor McGovern can earn a contract. I still miss Matt Paradis. He's doing great things for the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey. Did the Broncos err in their decision to allow Paradis to walk? You know, they were worried about that ankle. And Connor McGovern, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't really been tearing it up as a center. I think he's more a natural fit at guard. Yep. Did they err in allowing Paradis to hit the bricks? Uh, you and I both disagree with the move. We talked about it at the Combine, Chad, when
1: they were overselling the ankle injury, and it was mostly a clean break. And he went on to have a pretty good recovery with Carolina, and he's been looking good, as, as the as the question said. I wanted Paradis to come back, but Elway made his decision, and he decided to save some money. And it was Elway thinking he knows best, and I don't think it paid off for him uh, this year.
2: The irony is that Paradis had been an Iron Man. That's what he had he had built his reputation in the NFL. Yeah, I you know, I've, I've never made it to a pro bowl, but I'm a guy who plays 100% of my team's snaps on a year in year out basis. Finally, the the Straw breaks the Camel's back and you know, he ends up on IR last year which was such a shame because you know he was in a contract year and he was fixing to, to make some bank. He still ended up getting paid from the Panthers, but I think, Zach, that was a drop in the bucket compared to what he was in store to make had he not gotten injured halfway through the year. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think right now the Broncos are probably ruining their decision to let Paradis walk. And it's not necessarily because McGovern has been terrible, but rather Matt Paradis is a blue-chip center. He's one of the top five best centers in the NFL, and Connor McGovern is not. Now Kathleen here says... What do you guys think about firing Rich Scangarello and having Mike Munchak become the offensive coordinator? We had a report on milehighhuddle.com after the game that with how bad that offensive performance was, and frankly, the fact that they've converted six third downs over their last 38 attempts, Zach, that Scangarello is finding himself on the hot seat a little bit. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, his, he's, his head's underneath the guillotine or anything, or that he's imminent to be fired, but rather, the onus and the pressure is on him. And we've seen in years past, Zach, John Elway lose patience with offensive coordinators halfway through the season. See Mike McCoy in 2017. Bill Musgrave only got a year and a little bit of change as an offensive coordinator before they turned the page on him. And so what's your answer, though, As if, if the Broncos ultimately chose to make a change? Would Mike Munchak make sense? Because to my knowledge, he's – I can't think of a recent stop in which he was an offensive play caller, but I could be wrong on that.
1: I don't, it doesn't move the needle for me. I think giving up on Scangarello is kind of premature. This is a rookie coordinator who, he has a quarterback who's doing him no favors. And we talked about it on the last pod chat. Drew Locke is more of the Scangarello quarterback. So when he gets on the field, I think you'll see a better offense, at least a more explosive offense from under center. You got to give Scangarello at least one year, just like Fangio. I mean, they're rookie coaches. He hasn't been great. He seemed in over his head, but I don't think he's going to be fired. And to me, Mike Munchak, I saw his head coaching stint with the Titans I don't like him as a coordinator. I think he's a he's a good line coach, even though he can't really work wonders with Garrett Bowles. It seems I would uh, not promote him. I don't know who they promote, honestly. If they if they got rid of Scangarello, but he's not really going anywhere, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, there's the Broncos. That at this stage are in a rock and a hard place. If if he really is a flameout, and and the team realizes there's nothing there with Scangarello, which I myself am not ready to say that, but if the team comes to that conclusion, that's not a change they can make till next year. Anyway, they just. TC McCartney is just barely getting so, his, yeah. Yeah. his uh, just barely getting started as a, as a position coach in the NFL getting his feet wet so uh, Tim says here it's time to trade anyone on an expiring contract that has any value Sanders Harris Derek Wolf et cetera I don't disagree with that premise I really don't Zach I think you know Derek Wolf's going to have limited value out there because of his injury history and his relative performance this year although he has had a couple of decent games that he has stacked in recent weeks. Adam Gotsis is a player I'd throw out there, especially in, in uh, I don't know what you could get for him, but he is a former second round pick. And if there's a team out there that needs a run stuffing five tech defense event, maybe you can get a sixth or seventh rounder in exchange for him because it sounds like the way things are moving, he's a guy they're going to let go in free agency anyway.
1: I'm sure Elway will field calls on all these players, and I'm sure he, he'll make a call or two, but you, you need another person to tango with you. It's hard to just find a trade partner for either an underperforming player or an expensive player. Ultimately, uh, one, maybe two, maybe two at the most will be dealt. I think it'll be Emmanuel Sanders. And I think the rest will just be
2: chalked up to a rumor at this time of the year. Muhammad wants to know, do you see Elway still not activating Drew Lock, even though Flacco is playing like crap? Well, let's... Oh. let's On a prediction scale, I predict the Broncos do bite the bullet and activate Drew Locke, but Zach, it would not surprise me or stun me if they didn't because Elway doesn't necessarily want any more egg on his face as it relates to Mr. Joe Flacco because if he comes in, Drew Locke, and does even marginally well as a starter in place of Flacco, it makes what is already considered a laughable trade that the Broncos not only traded for Flacco but then gave him a I guess technically it's not a raise, but they gave him two additional years when they restructured his contract on the doorstep of the season. Drew Locke comes in and it makes all of those, both of those moves even more laughable.
1: Let me say this. If Drew Locke is healthy and they don't activate him, Elway should be fired on the spot. There's literally no reason not to activate the guy you just invested a second-round pick and you traded up for, especially with your understood franchise quarterback Joe Flacco playing like Joe Flacco. He will be activated. I think it's only a matter of when he sees the field. I can't predict the exact week. But going into the Broncos by week 10, that's the perfect time to make a switch. They have two hard games coming up. They they have to know by now the season's going nowhere. It's full evaluation mode. He will be activated. He better be activated or else Elway, he would go all in on Flacco in that circumstance. He would show that he's fully committed no matter what. And then Flacco is going to bomb and he'll look worse. So Locke is his golden ticket right now. He has to activate the guy. And if he doesn't, I have uh, no words for that.
2: And I hope that's his mindset, frankly. I really do. I hope that's the way Elway is viewing it through that rubric that you just described there, Zach. Jamal says, do you think Elway regrets not hiring Kyle Shanahan? Let's take a look at... How do you not? (laughs) Well just by the way the Niners are doing this year and how they've done every time they've had a healthy quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, you would think, yeah, he probably regrets that. But then Zach, look at his, I mean, he hires Vic Fangio. Then a first time head coach, who's also choosing to be a play caller on game day as a defensive coordinator, basically now made head coach. You would think that the Broncos would go with their first impulse possibly, which was to vault Gary Kubiak into the offensive coordinator position, because you want to temper that inexperienced Fangio brings to the table with a well-versed, a guy who's been calling plays in the NFL as an offensive guy for a long time. Just so that that's not something this new beleaguered head coach has to worry about on a game in game out basis, but that's not the path Elway went. He went to the source. He went to Kyle Shanahan because that's the model. Ultimately he's trying to emulate Rich Skagarello, the quarterback's coach that hasn't worked out, but Yeah, Zach, I think you could bet your bottom dollar that Elway probably regrets not hiring Shanahan. Kyle, that is, when he had the chance.
1: I still can't get over the fact that Broncos could have had Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips on the same staff, and they got they passed up on retaining Phillips and hiring Shanahan to hire Vance Joseph. That is one of Elway's take away the quarterback, you know, situations and his personnel moves. That is by far his biggest gaffe as Broncos GM. Because look what Shanahan's doing with half the talent the Broncos had in the last couple of years. He has had, he has the only undefeated team in the NFC right now. It all comes down to coaching, and he really has proven to be a really good head coach from that same. McVeigh cloth he's the only guy other than McVeigh, who's really proving his worth
0: this is the Overtime Podcast Network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You
2: guys, the holidays are approaching and you may be thinking about how you're going to save some extra coins, some extra dollars. Well, we've got a way that maybe you haven't thought of. You can consolidate your high interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save with Lightstream. You can get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay, which is much lower than the national average interest rate of over 20% APR. There are no fees and you can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. Just for our listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash huddle up. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash huddle up. Subject to credit approval, rate includes .50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash huddle up for more information. Today's episode is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and it's always free. Always. CBS Sports HQ, whether you're a fantasy player or just want to follow the latest updates on your team and the NFL, allows you to do that in real time. And it's free. Their coverage is always focused on the game at CBS Sports HQ. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we care deeply about here – gambling picks, and analysis to get that extra edge. I know when I turn on CBS Sports HQ, I'll see the tips. I'll see the trends I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for a week or a month or if you have some special cable package. It's totally, completely free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or other connected devices at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. You guys, download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, and more. October is the only month of the year that all four major sports are going on at the same time. So what better time? to get into the game, then now head over to mybookie.ag. You go to MyBookie.ag, you can find out what the odds are, what the spread is for the Broncos-Colts game coming up in Week 8, and that just scratches the surface. We have teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Yep, and he wanted that job. Despite the fact that it would have been a, you know, working in, in the shadow of his father who built a two you know, time Super Bowl champion head coach, Mike Shanahan, Kyle wanted that job, went out on a limb publicly in his declaration that he would love the job, interviewed for the job. Elway went with the leader of men. So, anyway, <laughs> let's go here with Big Daddy Kane. He says, What if there's a reason, Zach? Vic Fangio has never been a head coach. Fair question.
1: We we wondered it too, Chad. I mean, we wondered why it took so long for him to get a head coaching job. Why he, he seemed to be passed over for seem like what four decades now. You can make the case that he was never cut out to be a, a head coach. Some guys uh, like North Turner, Marty Schottenheimer, they're just better being coordinators and not head coaches. And that might be. It's it's a little too premature, I'd say. But that might be the case with Fangio.
2: It's one of those things where it's. I think it's too early to say definitively anything on Fangio. But you can see in his the way he conducts press conferences, and he's not a dynamic personality. Now, that doesn't always mean look at Bill Belichick, he's not a dynamic personality. You don't need to be a dynamic, um, you know, speaker, communicator in order to be a really good and dominant coach. But it does make you wonder, you know, at times when he has asked the hard questions in from from assembled media on a week in, week out basis, he oftentimes either just straight-up chooses not to answer them directly or doesn't seem to have a grasp on what the real answer is. And that's what concerns me most, Zach, is does he recognize what's really going on? I think he does, and I think he's in kind of a unique situation where the politics of his job that he walked into, considering the previous three years this team has been through, is simply uh, makes it a lot more complex, his situation.
1: We talked about that at the Combine, watching uh, Fangio do some uh, media rounds. He looked really uncomfortable and was almost getting on-the-spot coaching. So this job is definitely new to him. But the thing about acting like Bill Belichick, there's been so many Belichick knockoffs, Josh McDaniels, Eric Mangini, who try to be Belichick but don't have the rep to back it up. And I think part of the reason why Vaughn, for one, is so upset is because Fangio came in and tried to be this, I don't want to say dictator, but disciplinarian, and he didn't have really the resume of a head coach to back that up. So uh, that could be some of the disconnect there.
2: I really – and on top of that with Vaughn, and then we'll put that topic to bed, and we're running a little bit long here anyway, is I just don't think Vaughn – I think he wanted to buy into this system, but once it got out into the actual application of the system on game day against teams, he realized that it's it's so different than what he's been asked to do in years past. It's just been hard for him to get up to speed. And now the proof being in the pudding, they're sitting here at 2-5 and – I think it's going to take a near miracle to swing Von Miller back into the, the Fangio camp. Now publicly, I think he'll continue to come out and at least not say anything negative about Fangio, but privately I think he's, he's at a loss here. Uh, TJ wants to know, sorry if I'm late, but what if we trade Garrett Bowles and a pick for Trent Williams? Now, of course that's the Washington Redskins left tackle who has held out. Zach, I'm not opposed to – seriously, we talked about this on The Gut Reaction last week on Thursday night. I'm not opposed to trading a premium round pick for Trent Williams because I think it takes care of Drew Locke in the future. It might not lead to any you know competing this year, but it at least protects your investment in Drew Locke down the road. But Garrett Bowles, as a part of that equation, Zach, who, wants, who else in the NFL wants Garrett Bowles at this stage? He's the most penalized player, not just offensive lineman, player in the NFL since he entered the league.
1: I don't think the Broncos want Garrett Bowles at this point. And like I said on Twitter, if he was a third, fourth-round pick, he'd be out of a job right now, let alone in the starting lineup. I have to disagree with you, though, Chad, on Trent Williams. I just think giving up assets for a disgruntled, injury-prone player with a big contract is the last thing the Broncos need to do in a rebuilding year. They handed out big money to Juwan James. They used a first-round pick on Garrett Bowles. I think just buy the time with the guys you have and then go on to next offseason, maybe prioritize tackle high up in the draft.
2: Before we get to Stewart here, by the way, Fangio on Monday or excuse me, Friday after the game revealed that Jawan James has been fully cleared to play for what it's worth. And he was fully cleared to play in time for that Thursday night game. But he felt uncomfortable, according to Coach Fangio, because he hadn't had enough time after missing six weeks, basically on task in practice. And so Fangio basically backed the player and said, yeah, let's get you a few games, actual or a few days of practice before we roll you back out there. Before we jump to Stewart here, do you think that was the right decision, seeing how badly, of course, I mean, Bowles was bad, but Elijah Wilkinson was equally as bad in terms of giving up sacks?
1: Yeah, I I think they felt they could have got by the KC defense without Juwan James, giving him that extra week of rest. But in hindsight, always, of course, it didn't work out that way. Wilkinson is a good backup to have, kind of like Billy Turner. He's just not really starting material in Denver. So the fact that he can get back as soon as possible, it'll help the entire offense. And when Lockett's on the field, at least we'll have that right side, you know, he can feel fairly confident about, maybe not the left side, though. All
2: right, guys, we got time for one more here. We're going to grab from Stewart. He says... Do you think we will have a chance to see Locke play after the bye? Yeah. Now, the bye for the Broncos, in case you don't know, this year it comes in Week 10. So between now and then, the Broncos have uh, the Indianapolis Colts next week, Week 8, they go on the road, play Indy, then they're home again for the Cleveland Browns, then it's the bye. Now, in between that time, the Broncos have can act not activate, but they can get them out on the practice field, Drew Locke, per NFL rules. He has to practice for two full weeks before the team can activate him back to the roster. So even though he was eligible to practice this past week ahead of week seven, because it was a short week, the Broncos didn't practice. And so he did not practice. So that doesn't count. That's a lost week for him toward the formula. So that means instead of coming back week nine, he has to come back after the bye, regardless week 11. So the soonest you can see Drew Locke is week 11, Stewart, And I don't think, we're going to see him that soon, even if they activate him, Zach, unless Joe Flacco in these next two games is throwing three and four picks a game. I think the Broncos are going to wait till they get that eighth loss. Then they'll put in the young guy.
1: It could be. I just think if, if the Colts are no, Joe, that's a really good team they're about to play. I can definitely see a loss and maybe even a big loss. And the Browns, that's a volatile team. If their offense explodes, they have a good defense too. I feel like, though, if the Broncos lose these next two games, Flacco's not going to put up suddenly great numbers. Having Making that change of the bye week is the perfect time for Denver. I would not be surprised at all. Might be a little premature to say, a little early, but week 11 coming out of the bye could be Drew Lock time. I think the more audition time, obviously, for him, the better. And uh, it, it all depends on Flacco. If they can beat one of the next two teams, I think, like you said, Chad, they'll wait, but they lose two more games in a row going into that bye. How do you keep Flacco on the field?
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I said eight games, but if they end up going into the bye on the heels of a three-game losing streak. got to and- do it. It probably means Flacco's play continued to be poor as it has been the last three games. How do you not cave in to what will be not only fan outcry, but the media will just be screaming Denver radio, Denver television, the national media will be screaming. So circle that week 11. And that doesn't mean that you hope that the Broncos lose these next two games, but at this stage of playoffs are off the table. So what do you really have to root for in terms of victories? You want to get, the next guy. You want to get the guy out there who actually has the potential to be the solution, yes. not the problem Flacco's revealed himself to be.
1: Yeah, and what is, you know, I hate to root for tanking, but if you want what's in the best interest of the Broncos, you, you better hope they lose the next two games and you see Drew Locke on the field as much as possible. They have to know what they have in the guy and, and just dragging this Flacco experiment out now is just a waste of time. And it would anything... Switching the lock would at least buy Elway through the rest of the season. It would take some pressure off of him. And I think giving the fans what they want would uh, help his situation out, uh, his hot seat a little bit.
2: All right, guys. Well, we'll see what happens ultimately with Drew Locke. We'll find out what happens on the trade market. The deadline is October 29th, and all signs – shouldn't say all signs, but the momentum appears to be building towards Emmanuel Sanders exiting stage left from this Denver Broncos franchise. I, I think the New England Patriots are a team you got to look for in those sweepstakes. The San Francisco 49ers, another team. We'll see what happens there, but that's got to do it for today's episode, live simulcast episode of the Huddle Up Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks to all of our great viewers who have made this a compelling conversation here. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us, getting in the questions, getting in your reactions, exercising the demons. We are your football priests, Zach and I, and each and every week, we love being here for you guys to get the absolution, the answers to your burning Broncos questions, help you exercise those demons. So in the meantime, though, you guys, we'll be back on Tuesday with a fresh episode for you. So stay tuned for that. Follow Zach on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. He's got hot takes coming left and right. (laughs) No, he's dropping knowledge all the time. His his article's covering the NFL. You don't want to miss that. He is heavy.com's lead NFL writer myself at chad and jensen and then follow the podcast on twitter as well at huddle up pod thanks again everybody we'll be back in a day's time for zach kelberman i'm chad jensen we will talk to you guys then you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation
0: going Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy, you don't even need an interview.